And you're listening to WMNF Tampa. WMNF, the best station in the nation. WMNF, art in your ear. Welcome to the afternoon. so much for tuning in to Art in Your Ear today. I'm so glad you're listening. My name is Joellen Schilke. I am the hostess who loves you absolutely the mostest. On today's show, we are going to take you to the waters. There's this really, really interesting multi multidisciplinary event happening next week at USF St. Pete. We're going to be talking to the people that are making it happen, plus all sorts of stuff going on around town. Lots of music, so stick with us. Thank you for being there. You can email DJ at WMNF.org or call or sorry text 813-433-0885 support for WMNF comes from you our listeners and rhyming with Miss Ida specializing in children's rhyming books such as poor old goat sad little dog and more details on Miss Ida's children's books are at rhymingwithmissida.com you go chasing after women but you sure ain't got one yet Something, and that's one thing I can bet When it comes to really living You're just somewhere in between There's a high step inside Stepping life outside You ain't never seen She's the lady They refer to when they cut the aces And she's the lady That they think of When the night pulls down its shade She's the lady With the if you think you've got the nerve to put your money where your mouth is and find out what she can serve, she's a lady with the answers that can teach you about the world. She's a 
truck driving, pile driving, mean mother trucker of a girl. Pile driver, don't you worry, she treats every man the same. Pile driver, don't you worry, that's the way she plays her game. Pile driver, don't you worry, cause whenever things go wrong, just call her name.
Hey, I want to let you know that support for WMNF comes from listeners like you and the Straz Center. Uh, let me see. I'm, okay, <laughs> sorry, I'm t- trying to multitask. Support for WMF comes from listeners like you and the Straz Center, presenting Complexions Contemporary Ballet and their new production, Woke and Slash Love Rocks, on Thursday, March 31st. Woke is a physical reaction to the daily news. Closing the evening is Love Rocks, set to the music of Lenny Kravitz. More at strazcenter.com. Well, we are getting ready to do a wonderful interview uh, with some of the folks from... Uh, USF and Ringling College and stuff like that over um, Take Me to the Water. So we will be right back, but we're going to play a little bit of Doobie Brothers Blackwater because it seems appropriate, right? (laughs) Be right back with you. Thank you for listening. All right, let's see if I have this right. Uh, can you hear me on my phone, guess? Can I can hear you. Excellent. Yes. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to turn the Doobie Brothers off. Sorry, Doobie Brothers. You know, I don't, I don't know how, I think I'm older than everybody here, but I remember I had no idea what Doobie was, and I loved the Doobie Brothers so much when I was little, and my mother was like, you can't listen to them. Um, <laughs> So I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves, please, so we can the listeners can distinguish your voices, and then we're going to talk about uh, this wonderful project that's happening at USF next week. Um, uh, Gravel, will you please start? Okay, my name is Gavril Robinson. The first thing I want to tell you is um, not only am I happy to be here today, but it's my birthday. <gasps> oh, happy so- birthday! <laughs> <laughs> so this is a wonderful present. Oh, man, I love Aries. You're on fire, girl. Listen, <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> and so um, I teach at USFSP in the English department, but I'm also a writer, and um, I was asked to join... The Well, I was honored to become one of the writers in residence for the Friends of Salt Creek for this project. Um, and so I'm, re- I'm just very, very excited and happy to you talk know, about it and to let more people know about what we did. You know, I, um, when your name popped up, when Tom and I were talking about this and your name popped up, I remember something that you wrote not that long ago. And it was so, it was such a, such a grabber of something to read, and it was sort of like reframing, it started off, I should say, with reframing what the slave trip was from Africa to America. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I had my own column in Savannah when I lived there. I'm from Baltimore. But, um, and then um, I wrote a few columns for the uh, Tampa Bay Times last year. Yeah, this was after all the CRT stuff, yeah. Right, yeah, so I was just like, wow, this woman is like so sharp, so sharp, so sharp. Thank you, thank you. Then also on the line we have uh, Soyodad, no, I just just said it wrong, what's (laughs) it, can you pronounce your name? Soyodad, yeah, that's great. So that's good too. That's the colloquial <laughs> Portuguese. So so that is great. Uh, and will you tell us, tell the listeners just a little teeny tiny about yourself before we start jumping into the water? Sure. Uh, my artwork. I'm an artist, a uh, psycho spiritualist artist. I like to say I combine metaphysical realms into material world uh, by engaging in a 
meditative process that synthesizes the qualities of uh, monochromatic frequencies within photography. Uh, but I work with charcoal paintings, uh, found images, uh, assemblage, and sound design as well. So this is so interesting because there is a uh, like there is a really strong sort of artistic historic. Um, sensibility in a way it sounds to what you're doing that people have have looked at photography or started with photography as a as the tool or the jumping off point to explore sort of like the ethereal or the sort of the untouchable but yet manifested i'm not quite sure exactly how to how to talk about that no. um how did how how did you how did you come to start doing that like how did that how did that grow up you know i i began drawing actually with my mom and uh, from that, it became a whole bunch of reading as I was growing up. And then as I began searching for my ancestors and my ties within community, it became a moment in which I wanted to behold or grasp more than just what we saw, but more to uh, create a feeling, an emotion that tapped into the body in ways that could open up ideas, thought patterns, feelings, you know, towards uh hopefully towards onward progression of creating a better world. That's so, so, so cool. So I have a, a question for the two of you. How did you end up getting involved with uh, this project? It's called Take Me to the Water, and then S in parentheses, Take Me to the Waters. And it's about sort of it, it's about Salt Creek, which is an urban uh, urban waterway, but I have a feeling that it's going to be about much more, <laughs> much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you guys get involved in this? Well, um, I'll go first. I work with Tom at USF, and um, so when the idea, when it was presented to me about Friends of Salt Creek and everything like that, I was intrigued. I haven't been in St. Pete very long. I've only been here since 2019. And so I was, I was intrigued and very honored to be a part of it because it was also a learning experience for me. And I, um, whenever I move to a new city, I like to immerse myself in the culture and find out as much as I possibly can about the culture. And so um, as a preacher's kid, the water, and um, we were talking one day, and it came up about take me to the waters, because as a preacher's kid, that's where we would be baptized, in the water, and there's a song, you know, take me to the water, and so it just all kind of came together like that. And uh, so that's one. I just want to real quickly, I'm sorry, before... um, uh, So that I start speaking, I just want to introduce another guest, uh, in the studio, Sabrina Dalavelli. So, <laughs> hello. Hi, Joellen. Thanks so much for inviting us in. Thank you for coming in. And I, uh, you know, I too had to deal with the um, the traffic today, and it was a nightmare. Um, so, you you're kind of the energy behind. Are you the energy behind putting this event together? Um, well, I think all, like. All of us synergistically have carried each other from the summer when our project began, when the artist residency began, all the way till now. Mm-hmm. But um, I've been with Friends of Salt Creek for a long time, and right. Tom and I had the idea to do an artist residency because um, most, as an activist for the environment, um, usually... 
conversation, it doesn't always convey like the depth of meaning. And mm-hmm. so we thought, well, you know, being writers and creative writers also, maybe there is a more creative way to explore um, connection to the value of these green spaces and to each other who mm-hmm. are on the creek. And so that's how this whole initiative began is the desire to um, connect with environmental and social justice truths um, creatively, co-creatively. <laughs> and this is uh, Thomas, is Tom Halleck, who is a professor at USF and focuses on this wonderful uh, sort of intersection of environment and literature and uh, both historically and contemporary, ten- contemporarily. <laughs> I'm not sure if that came out correctly. <laughs> so we're just talking about how people got involved. And um, so that I was going to, uh, talk a little bit about how she sort of started on this project. Well, the wonderful part uh, is that Brina came in right on time because that is how I was became involved with the project. She invited me into the project feeling that, uh, you know, I would have a great connection to the community there. And also, uh, as we begin to know one another, I have this wonderful connection with the environment here, rhythmically, uh, vibrationally. And so then I began to see uh, the difference in uh, the nature and in, in ecology, uh, vibrationally, in relationship to communities. So uh, being a part of that, I just started thinking that, wow, uh, the environment and the community and how the people and the environment really need to become one you know, as far as funding and care. I think uh, that further reflects the statement that Sabrina made about how sometimes just sort of talking doesn't capture both the vertical and horizontal broadness and depth of of how everything is interconnected, you know. I mean, I'm I've done Salt Creek cleanups and meetings and stuff like that. I I there's a picture I think I don't know I believe it looks like it's near Bartlett um, Park on the on the thing or that little lake there or pond really and and how the water goes through things. So we have this idea we have a we have a very real look, creek and different creeks and waterways within uh, the St. Pete space. But then there's also, I think, this other level of having um, an emotional and cultural attachment and meaning to these waters that have been, um, they've been kind of assaulted, they've been changed, they've been uh, loved, you know, and stuff like that. So I kind of want to get a little bit into your responses, sort of your uh, artistic responses and your um, intellectual response, kind of the whole, let's talk a little bit about what has been made or what you are making within this. And uh, I'm going to, uh, Sabrina, I'm going to ask you to kind of start as to uh, talk a little bit about if there was something that you wanted specifically to happen that has happened or if you were kind of hoping for something that is happening and we just kind of cover how this has sort of manifested for you in ways that you do want and maybe there might be something happened that you weren't anticipating too but we talk a little bit about that please yeah get, let's get to know each other that's the big um, mo for me on this project um, I mean really I've been walking the lengths of Salt Creek from um, from um, Baybor Harbor all the way up to Lake Lake Megory for quite some time. And lots of different, there are lots of different uses for this creek. At the beginning, it's a marina where there's a dry dock and a lot of boats are stored there and worked on. So there's a lot of epoxy going on and a lot of fumes. Um, 
and all of that action. And then the creek, and then the creek narrows really considerably under Third Street uh, and Fourth Street and goes around Family Dollar and some open lots into uh, Bartlett Lake. And that area um, is heavily trodden by um, homeless people because we have Salvation Army right there, and they go f- they go for their f- meals in the day, and then they sleep at night around the creek. So it's a homestead for a lot of transient people. Then we get into the park and we have a recreational use. And then it goes under 22nd Avenue South and then becomes a a straightened ditch Mm -hmm. right up to Lake Megory where it enters through a gate that's regulated by the city to regulate the flood level. level. And so really it's, um, it helps release the the levels in the lake to protect the houses there. And it acts as a a incredible tributary for habitat, for all kinds of fish and bird life. And it's a place for people to come for a respite. It's it's where people survive. Mm -hmm. And it's where people rejuvenate. If you go to the creek, no matter who's going there, people are usually silent. People come there to try and figure out what's going on. So in the course of a year or so, I've just decided to be quiet on the shores of this creek and wait for conversation. And I've had such depth with no matter who it is I connect with. Um, And I thought, well, it's time to record these moments and let people know that, you know, our structural identity that's given to us from society really doesn't say much at all about who we are as human beings. I mean, there's so many... Um, autodidact naturalists that live there that know all of the trees, that know their blooming seasons, that know the different growth patterns. Um, there, there, are, there are artists who sketch what they can. Um, there are people who come to help each other survive. Um, there are people who come to sing, people who come to, to get food to eat. Um, it, 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 it's an incredible reservoir of wisdom. And so my project was to record these moments and I listened to all my tape and um, I discovered five key themes and then made little sound sculptures around each theme. That, that sounds, intri- it sounds wonderful. It also sounds intriguing because it seems, and, and everybody just jump in on this, when you have, um, in a way, so much information and that you're absorbing and so much of a, um, of a place and the many, many layers that a single or multiple places have, you know, so just trying to absorb that and then manifest it and channel it out. Uh, were there, uh, were there, it sounds like besides just the, the amazing variety of it, were there surprises? Then again, within the creative process, you said you found five themes. And this also, um, for, uh, for everybody on the phone, you know, please feel free to speak up. But to, to have this wealth of information and this wealth of, um, ways to go, you know, uh, for me, some of the most amazing things about artists is how artists figure out narrowing things down rather than, than making more. So what, once the creative process started, what was, what were some of the decisions that you had to sort of make to keep or to not keep some yeah, of this? Yeah, that's a great question. So I listened to a lot of tape, 
and I had to sort of get rid of the most, some of the most precious ones because they didn't quite fit or maybe the atmospheric sound was too hard and I couldn't cut out the wind. Um, there are so many variables that affected the sound quality. So, so technically, I had to discipline myself by the quality of the tape because, um, as you may know, you can go to a film and if the visual quality is not so good, but the sound is great, you'll stay there. But if the visual quality is good and the sound is horrible, you're out. Sound is like, it's a very delicate medium to work in. And so I looked, I, I focused on that. Secondly, I was listening to different qualities of, of, of the spoken word. What are the ways in which we tell story? And what are the ways in which we organize our thoughts in, in sharing it? So the, I was listening to the arc of different people's narratives and the sing-song way in which we all approach our narrative. So I was listening to musical rhythm of the voice. Um, and, then, and then I realized, wow, there's some repeating themes going on here amongst that selection. Um, um, physical, sensual, sexual desire, definitely one. Um, and um, sort of also a great concern around uh, structural racism that is easily seen in the developmental changes of the physical place itself, the changing of the neighborhood and the way in which developers have come in to to make a huge profit. And the way that they used... Uh um, gentrification as a bludgeon to kind of make the city and make neighborhoods accept the developers because they said, well, if you we don't let us go here, we're going to have to go into historic black neighborhoods and kick all those, you know, historic black homes, homeowners out. You know, it's just kind of like, wait, no, you don't get to use, but they did successfully use gentrification as a, as a bludgeon because yeah. of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, last spring, the city voted. Uh, um, eight city council, no, seven of eight city council members voted to, um, let's say, redefine the special high hazard area of the green zone of the creek into high density right. development zone. Yeah. For, for what they're calling workforce housing, which, yeah, it's, oh, I can be so angry about mm -hmm. this. I am so angry about this. Mm -hmm. But I want to go back to the art part. And I want to, I want to bring in um, Gavrell and uh, uh, so that a <laughs> because it seems that that and and because I want to see because I wonder if there are three parallel processes going on you know because we heard a little bit about Sabrina sort of gathering 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 and then at some point being like okay I have to stop gathering I have to start working so I'm kind of what happened wondering what happened with you two uh, as to your gathering and then and then processing process if you do it. Um, simultaneously, or if you you know do one act and then move into the second act and then move into the third act, or everything all happens at once. Uh, for me, everything happens uh, together and then weed it out because for me, it's all about interdependence and and then also echoing nature. So I'm thinking about narrative, the narrative of what I believe spiritually uh, nature is and what nature is doing and then how the people are uh, living within nature and how then we have, as we're speaking of the social justice or the social climate of gentrification and how that affects not only the people, but also nature, you know, um, so 
uh, one without the other constantly happens within uh, gentrification. There is this dissection that seems to happen where, okay, we'll take care of this land depending upon profit margin or, you know, who is in this particular neighborhood. So for me, the artistic process was about actually taking the narrative of the four of us, Tom, uh, Gabrielle, Sabrina, and then how does that actually weave into uh, visual and sound and storytelling? And so as, as uh, putting this show a bit in a curatorial process is, is, is my theme, but also sharing a bit of uh, my photographs. My photographs are working with all of the above. So nature is weaving in to faces. Also, um, the body is in, in building and in water, you know, and really how do all of these things work together for the greatness of Salt Creek or the greatness of neighboring uh, uh, residents and then also the city of St. Petersburg within itself. Ooh, that sounds, I just can't wait to see this work. I'm just like, ah, what is it? So, Gabriel, what about, so we have like some, some visual, we have some audio. Will you talk to me a little bit about words? Well, yes. Um, the way that I went about it is each week there would be children who would, um, we would meet with them, collaborate, I want to say, and they would go to the lake and then they would answer questions and draw images of what, they saw what the lake meant to them or what they thought about when they looked at the, the lake. And so what I, I'm sorry, Salt, Salt Creek, what I decided to do was take those images and tell a story of what they saw through their eyes. And so once I had all of the photos, all of their drawings, I just put them in an order that would tell a story and the hardest part for me was not making it an adult story. Do you understand what I mean? Because they, there were children who drew it, and I didn't want to interject myself into their vision. Would you, uh, would you sort of uh, just, because that I think is a really important point, to not kind of insert, to not insert yourself as the writer, and I, right. I hope this is okay to say this, you're inserting yourself as an editor in a way, and also as a as a as a curator or as a you know as a understanding understanding it, but to to withhold your adult narrator. Um, talk just for a second about how you checked yourself on that. Well, I did because I wanted to, <laughs> you know, I wanted to delve deeper and intellectualize it and, you know, tell this great narrative about the lake and make it um, a lot more, um, I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but not as simplistic. Not that, not that what they drew is simple, but I had to, again, look at it through their eyes and not through my eyes and not not thinking about gentrification or, you know, redlining, all of these different things that they were not thinking about or probably weren't even aware of as they were drawing and, and just tell a story. And the way that I put it together, for me, it may seem simple to a lot of people, but it's kind of like a children's book. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end that ends with home as one of the the images was. Oh, that's and awesome. And so 
So I was really, it took a lot longer <laughs> because I really had to check myself. I really did. Right. And um, I'm, I'm glad I was, I was happy with how it ended up, but um, I, I, my hope is that people will actually see, even see their drawings but understand the deepness of what it is that they drew, even though they were children. My um, my goddaughter is seven, almost eight years old, and and her parents try to keep a lot of current current events kind of at a distance. But she has um, seen stuff about uh, the Ukraine about Ukraine and, and the war and stuff, and she's really focused on all the people's pets. And uh, and what to do, and that is like because I think that that's something that she can understand that these kids and families may not be able to rescue their pets, and so to me, part of experiencing the war in Ukraine is this idea of you know like this little you know this is what this little girl is worried about, and the, which right. is a completely valid worry. But as an adult, that wasn't. I mean, when she mentioned, I was like, yeah, that's pretty horrible, but. That wasn't the first thing, but that's how her family unit is, is that the animals are important. So I love the idea that you're, um, you're looking at this really important subject from a really important perspective that doesn't often get put in front of people. I just want to remind listeners that we're speaking with three of the um, four people, Tom Halleck not being here, Tom, uh, who are putting on Take Me to the Waters, and that starts next Monday at 3 p.m. at Harbor Hall at USF St. Pete campus there on 3rd Street South and about 11th Avenue. Oops, you you can say it. You can say whatever you're saying. Yeah, running through Thursday. Right, yeah. So, and it goes through Thursday. And then, uh, and that is, if you want, as for people who've been around for a while, Harbor Hall is the old Dolly Museum, if that makes it easier to find. So, and that's what I just wanted to ask. So it goes until, it's going to be up until Thursday. Are there, is this just in like an exhibition or is there, are there events going with it where people are going to be talking and doing readings and stuff? Oh, yes. We have um, a, a nice schedule of events, one for each day. Ah, good. So the first event is from 6 to 7 p.m. on Monday, and that is the artists will present their work and talk about their process. So <clears throat> similar to what we're doing here on the radio. <laughs> and then on Tuesday, we have... Someone else. <laughs> so, so Tuesday from six to seven, we have invited all of the non, uh, environmental nonprofits around Tampa Bay to come and do a conversation about what's important, wh- how they see the creek as being really critical right oh, wait, now. Wait a minute, I work for a small nonprofit. I might have to just bust in and there show up. And it's open for the public. Anyone can come and just hear what the conversation is, how the environmentalists are perceiving this space. Right. And then Wednesday from three to four. We have uh, university writing students coming for um, a craft talk. So Tom and I will give a craft talk for an hour and then some exercise, offer exercise. Um, I'm an eco-poet, so a lot of, a lot of, I'll be giving a lot of really nice, juicy um, ideas for people to explore on their own. Right. And Tom has his ideas, too, to share. And then the last night from 6 to 7, I hope folks come out, is our community conversation. And that's on Thursday from 6 to 7? Thursday from 6 to 7. All right. I'll make sure that I remind people about that. But the the gallery space is open from 3 to 7. Every day. uh, Every day, Monday through Thursday. And there is street parking, very easy place to park. Well, what um, I want to ask you all, kind of what is, are, are there hopes connected to this? for you all? Like, what do you hope for with this exhibition? Somebody start. Sabrina, you're right here. What do you hope happens? 
I hope that a lot of people come and have an experience and get inspired to go to the creek themselves and get inspired to um, start having conversations with people that they meet and getting to know all the different people who make up this creek Mm -hmm. and realize the depth of this community. It's been around for a hundred years and how important the, um, the diversity is for the future culture of this new St. Petersburg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Bring it on artists. What do you, what are you all hoping for? <laughs> I, I really, I believe how Sabrina uh, ended it really is, is my, my love and joy is that, uh, people will be, you know, inclined to uh, put into action the reality of community and engage with nature, engage with the creek as with the people that live there and that uh, humanity and the new uh, St. Petersburg will flourish in that way. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm hoping that the conversations will begin and that... Um, everyone will understand exactly what we mean by take me to the water, you know, that it's a place for community, a place for conversation, a place to um, build relationships. And for so many, it, you know, it's a place for cleansing, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and that all of these things will begin to happen. You know, I want to, um, when I was, when I was young, many decades ago. Um, and I had this uh, amazing, uh, I went to, the school I went to had some, as a kid, had great people teaching. And this woman who was a nun, I went to Catholic school, so this nun um, was also a psychologist, but she was our art teacher. And she would talk a lot about how there are these ideas that both glass and water often represent the feminine or the female within um, both traditional and non-traditional art movements and that they are, um, you know, that that sort of the fluidity of it sort of is supposed to be female. But I've always thought that that water is has such a, a strong presence through every every religious uh, mm-hmm. ceremonies, through spiritual things, through history. Um, people have spread throughout the world through water was the way yeah. cities are built on water, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. What, to, to expand this a little bit past in the last few minutes, I want to talk a little bit about how you all sort of see these bodies of water within an urban setting and what, um, maybe what as people who have now spent a year or so really deeply thinking about um, a, a urban waterway, what what you would like to sort of see cities or neighborhoods or communities or individuals do to enhance kind of, to continue enhance, because I feel like you all are enhancing, to continue to enhance what can happen with these urban waterways. <laughs> I know that's kind of like a big thing, but I'm really, really hoping that um, that maybe some, that there's some stuff that's come out of it. Like if only, if only people would blah, 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 blah. Does anybody have anything on that? Um, well, there are different spheres to consider. There's the purely environmental sphere, which is what does nature need? What does nature mm-hmm. want? Mm-hmm. What, what would, what, what, if the creek could talk, what would the creek say right now what it needs? Stop for, putting that white uh, scum on me. <laughs> yeah, and also um, the necessity of this connection between Lake Magori and Tampa Bay. Um, mm-hmm. I think Tampa Bay 
and I know there are people out there who know way more than me right now on this issue, but Tampa Bay harbors most of the um, habitat for, um, for spawning, for fish spawning, for all of the state of Florida. Many, so, much of the, so many of the fish has come into Tampa Bay to, to spawn. And also birds, so many birds migrate to nest in this Tampa Bay area, in these mangroves. And so it's really important for the wildlife population to, to maintain the integrity of the, of the bay water. And all these little tributaries that run into the bay water feed the quality of that water and create, create avenues for wildlife to spread into and to develop their habitats. So for nature, for the wildlife, you know, that's one reason why we really have to leave it alone and let it meander maybe take out the canal, take out the gate. And I know Tampa Bay Estuary Program is thinking about a model for um, returning Lake Megory to a saline lake, which will change the ecosystem and allow for more fish to spawn in there. So that's one level. Um, maybe give the opportunity for, the, for, for Saudaji and Gevril to speak to the other levels of vision. Mm-hmm. Anything? Anything, anybody? <laughs> I'm thinking, I think, um, in order to, well, just like with this, what we're doing, um, we're raising a, awareness and um, by using our voices, using our art, you know, to raise awareness. And um, I just think that's, that's a way to, to help. Um, just by speaking, I think a lot of times, and I tell my students all the time that their uh, voices matter and they're important. And for me especially, I've actually learned a lot, if I'm being honest, you know, working on this project. I've learned a lot and it's given me more awareness and I've been sharing what I've been learning. And I think that's one thing that we need to do is, is raise awareness, speak out. When Whenever I think about water, I think a lot about Flint, Michigan, and um, what happened there and what's still happening there and how um, a lot of people were affected by what was going on with the water but did not have the voice of what, you know, so many people were not made aware. And so... That's a, a very important part to me, just sharing information and then using what we've learned to bring awareness to other people. That's wonderful. So that, so, so yes. Well, I was just thinking briefly that it would be the interconnectedness and the interdependence of humanity alongside nature and also without pressure, but vibrationally moving toward where one feels one can help, even if it's just picking up trash, you know, on a Saturday or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it doesn't have to be super large or costly. It's just really finding where your heart leads and every little bit counts. I, I totally agree. And I would suggest also that you don't have to be in St. Pete to want to contact your uh, local and state leadership to right. and national leadership and worldwide leadership to uh, protect protect the waters because the water when the 
when the waters are harmed or are there's something wrong with it, that affects everything. You know, that yes. you cannot get away from it. Well, we are way past our time. <laughs> way past our time. Thank you. So, thank you all so much. Dear, you. dear listeners, if you go to the Art in Your Ear Facebook page, we already have a link to the event up, and I'll put some more links uh, d- detailing the different events going on that week. Uh, and after the show, we'll also put up events, uh, links to all of our guests so you can see their work and what they are doing. Um, I thank you all so much. Again, this starts next Monday at 3. Uh, the It's at the Harbor Hall, the old Dolly Museum on 3rd Street South in St. Pete uh, at USF St. Pete campus. And, um, and it goes until Thursday evening uh, and there's events every single day. And it's, I think, um, you know, the first, when I first started getting involved with Salt Creek, I took my bike and I biked from one end and then to Lake McGorry. And Tom had said that, no, actually it sort of continues on on the other side and goes through. So I just did a, a bike a bike ride. I bike followed the, as far as I could. And this goes through all different types of uh, urban uh, neighborhoods and stuff like that. And it just is um, it's such an amazing thing that uh, seeing your town and where you live from the water's edge is a very different experience from seeing it anywhere else. And I urge everyone to go, especially this weekend will be so beautiful, to get out there and appreciate nature and then protect it as hard as you can. So thank you all. This was our uh, segue going from Women's History Month where we've been uh, on WMNF Airwaves recognizing all the stuff that women do into our environmental month of April. And so thank you also for giving me a chance to segue from one to the other perfectly. So wonderful. Thank you. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Joelle. So thank, thank you. you. And I oh, please keep in touch and let me know if anything is going on. We're going to go out with uh, um, some hooray for the riffraff. Uh, she has a new release out, and all of the songs are outstanding, but many of them also refer to our environment. Uh, this one, Precious Cargo, though, is about something even deeper. Here on WMNF 88.5 FM, Art in Your Ear. Thanks, everybody. Precious cargo at the river, me swimming just to get across. With the babies on my shoulder, grab my neck so they don't get lost. We made it through the jungle, no water there for two weeks. Many dead that we walked by and thugs hiding in the trees. We made it to the border, I jumped and I was detained. They split me from my family, now the light begins to fade. They took me to the cold room where I slept down on the floor. Just a foil for a blanket for 17 days or more. For 17 days, we sleep on the floor like a dog. We sleep on the floor for 17 days for a blanket shivering hard. We sleep on the floor for 17 days, we sleep on the floor like a dog. We sleep on the floor for 17 days for a blanket shivering hard.
Christ are suffering. This is the song. It's my life and my sister pray to me. The following is an editorial statement from the Nathan B. Stubblefield Foundation Board of Directors. WMNF condemns the indefensible war on Ukraine and calls for an expedient, diplomatic, and peaceful resolution to this conflict. We stand with the free people of Ukraine, the war protesters in Russia, and the millions of innocent people impacted in the region. We urge our listeners to support international organizations working to stop further human and environmental devastation. Visit WMNF.org. ORG for information on how to help. How wonderful. Please do uh, help. Hey, I want to tell you three things really quickly going on. I know we're almost out of town. I'm so excited to see the wonderful E-Love in the studio. She is back with her fantastic music. It's been great having other people, other voices, but uh, there's only one E-Love, and so nice to have her. Stay tuned for E-Love coming in with Ultrasound. It's a global electronica, very peaceful, very spiritual, very happy, wonderful show. After that, in live music showcase, Navin Avenue, uh, indie rock band. I think it's all women indie rock band will be coming in. And then, of course, we get into the Rhythm Revival, which is uh, the roots of rock and roll with gospel, uh, early rock and roll, jive, country. You never know what you're going to hear on that show except a bunch of knowledge and some really funny guys. Uh, and that's followed by the Soul Party, which is classic art. R&B and Soul. We get the Soul Kitchen after that, and they're doing a special uh, tonight. The Soul Kitchen is going to be featuring women artists with uh, of all genres, all genres. If you like a party show, I would say the Soul Kitchen is what you need to listen to. It is a party show. And then we end our Friday nights with the fabulous Flashback Friday, the Florida R&B and Florida Soul. So lots of great music for you. I want to let you know that the Florida Museum of Photography, um, excuse me, the Florida Museum of Photographic Arts is accepted entries for their fourth Forever Young exhibition. Senior museum members as well as non-member seniors, are you can uh, do one submission and they are going to both show, they're going to definitely show it digitally and they can show it on in the uh, museum itself. We're going to put that up on our Facebook page, so don't worry, all this stuff is going up on our Facebook page. Also, uh, something really cool at the um, Freefall Theater, they are featuring a uh, Ebony Rep Company, which is a California repertory theater, is going to feature at Freefall Theater just starting tonight, uh, Lady Day at Emerson Bar and Grill. Of course, it's this classic play about Billie Holiday. So it's a play, as they say, with music. Fantastic there. And um, oh my gosh, look at the time. And then lastly, I just want to mention Studio at 620 has a bunch of stuff going on. They have a Shift, which is a dance and music experience. And that is tonight and tomorrow at 7 p.m. at the Studio at Uh, 620. 620 is located at 621st Avenue South in beautiful St. Petersburg. And all this will go up on our Facebook page. Thanks for being out there. Thank you so much for listening to Art in Your Ear. WMNF 88.5 WMNF Tampa, the best station in the nation. Stay tuned for the NPR News and then uh, Ultrasounds with E-Love and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much everybody for being part of this wonderful radio station. Um, I didn't get to look at the email and say hi to everybody, but hi everybody. Um, and we'll be back next week. Be good. Stay out of trouble. Happy spring. Happy birthday, Dad. Come back to me.